Grace and peace, love and mercy from God our Father, through Jesus Christ, our risen Savior and Lord. Amen. Text for our meditation this evening, the epistle reading that we heard just a moment ago, 1 John 3, verses 1 through 3, especially these words. See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God. And so we are. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, if someone would ask you what love is, how would you answer? How would you explain it? How would you define this elusive thing that we call love? It's not as easy as you might think. Oh, we can sometimes describe acts of love. We can talk about what love looks like. We can talk about what love feels like. But to try to explain or define love can take us in all kinds of crazy and sometimes even bizarre directions. Turn on the radio. It doesn't matter what station you listen to as long as there's music on there and you will get various and sundry definitions of love. If you listen to the 40s channel, meaning 1940s, you will find out that love is a many splendored thing and often celebrated underneath the apple tree. In the 50s, love is strange and love is blue. The 70s, there's really no help there, but heartbeat, it's a love beat, is about the closest you can get to a definition. And in the 80s, you would find out that love is a battlefield. We could go on and on, and I'm sure you can think of a hundred more than the few little examples that I've given you. Back in the 70s, there was a country song by Tom T. Hall. So we can't leave the country music lovers out, can we? Tom T. Hall gave us a whole song defining what love is. Love is little baby ducks, old pickup trucks, slow-moving trains, and rain. My friends, there is no shortage of descriptors to this topic of love. But all too often, we turn love into a feeling or an emotion only, or love is some nebulous abstract thing that is out there that we're trying to find or grasp. God's word does not treat love this way. John, 
in his gospel talks about love a lot. You're familiar with many of the Bible passages, especially the most famous Bible passage of all. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. When you hear those words, it sounds an awful lot like love is an action. For God so loved the world that he gave. And in our Bible reading for tonight, that same apostle of love, John, in his first epistle, see what kind of love the Father has given to us. Certainly talking about the gift of Jesus and that gift of love that we should be called children of God. The gift of God, God's love, is Jesus. What Jesus is and who Jesus is. My friends, this love of God results in us being called children of God. This isn't some hope. This isn't some pipe dream. This isn't some maybe. This isn't if I do or if I feel or if I pay or if I achieve, maybe one day I might become a child of God. No, this is what you are now. Now you are a child of God. Why? Because of the love of God. The word in the original is the agape word. And if we're going to put together a long laundry list of what love is, I might suggest that we replace either little baby ducks or old pickup trucks with a different word. Love is a sacrifice. Love is a sacrifice. That's really what that word agape means. Yes, we translate it love, but it is sacrificial love. It's not a feeling, it's not an emotion, it's an action. And that action is God sending his son to be the savior of the world. That action is Jesus living a perfect life, dying a sacrificial death, the death we deserve, and then rising from the dead three days later. Love is the Holy Spirit pouring into our hearts the message of Good Friday and Easter washing us with that love in the waters of holy baptism, calling us and keeping us in the one true faith. My friends, you are a child of God now because of the love of God. It may not feel like it. You may not feel like a child of God. You may not always act like a child of God. We sin. 
We sin daily. We sin much. But my friends, this is why God sent His Son into the world. This is love. Not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Sent His Son as a propitiation for our sins. Jesus, in love, paid the penalty, the debt for our sins, claiming us as his own, redeemed, forgiven, adopted into the family. We're his children. We sin daily and much. And if our sins do not bother us, that's a warning sign that we are taking God's love for granted. But when we feel our sins, when we feel the weight of our sins, when our sins gnaw at us, when the guilt and shame of past sins haunt us, that's when the love of God comes crashing in to our head, to our heart, to our body, reminding us who we are. Children of God. Forgiven. Loved set free. A little bit earlier in 1 John, earlier from our text, 1 John chapter 1, verse 7, we read that the blood of Jesus Christ purifies us from all sins. That verse, 1 John 1, verse 7, is literally the key to understanding the entire epistle of 1 John. This purification comes not by our own efforts, not by our feelings or emotions. It comes by the love of God. The blood of Jesus Christ poured out on Calvary's Christ. Though your sins be many, you are white as snow. The blood of Jesus Christ purifies you from all sin. Our text goes on. Beloved, we are God's children now. And what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when He appears... We shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. No, this doesn't mean we're going to turn into gods or anything like that. That kind of talk and that kind of teaching is nonsense. People do not become gods. People do not become angels. People are people. Body and soul, special creations of God. But we will be like him with a heavenly body given to us when Christ comes back again in His power and might and glory. In only a few days, we'll be celebrating the ascension of our Lord. Forty days after Easter, Jesus physically, bodily, 
ascended to the right hand of God. No, it's not a physical place. He's not stuck there like a child in time out. It's a position of power and might and glory. God's word teaches us that he has ascended into heaven in order to fill all things. His presence fills all things. He's everywhere, yes. He's in my heart by grace through faith, yes, of course. But he is with us, really physically present with us wherever his word is proclaimed in its truth and purity and wherever the gifts of God are administered according to his command and promise. As we live in this in-between time, in between the ascension of our Lord Jesus Christ and his second coming, we, children of God, right now, children of God, look forward to the time when Jesus will come and take us to be with heaven. And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he, Jesus, is pure. My friends, the forgiveness of sins is real for us each and every day. It's what it means to be a child of God. It's what it means to be loved by God. Not to sin more so that we can be more forgiven, but to relish in the forgiveness of sins that never runs out, has no expiration date, and is earned by the blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus. My friends, today, during this Easter season, and quite frankly, every day, rejoice, sing for joy. You are a child of God now. The blood of Jesus Christ purifies you from all sin. And as the Father has loved us, we are privileged to love one another. Thanks be to God. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which far surpasses all understanding, keep our hearts, our minds, our love in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.